and welcome to this episode of Saved by the Belial, an atrocious Ultraman podcast, the show where we normally only have three minutes to talk about an episode of Ultraman, but today is a bonus episode. I'm David. I'm normally Chris. And joining us is Kyle Anderson of Nerdist fame. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing all right. I'm really happy to be here to talk even more bonusly about Whoa. Ultraman stuff with you. We didn't even pay you for the bonus stuff. No, Jeez. no, and I do have a, I, I do have my people on this, but uh, <laughs> since there was nothing signed, I, I suppose there's nothing I can. The do whole about Nerdist it. team is on us. Oh. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you, Revenge of the Nerdist episode title. I feel like we. I mean, that's not bad. It's <laughs> pretty good, actually. Chris, the bar is already set so high. Why did you do this for like, uh, two shoot, minutes? We're only two minutes into the evening. <laughs> But Kyle, we are excited that you've joined us tonight. Uh, we're actually going in reverse order, even though this is coming out after our Ultra 7 episode. We decided to record this first. I uh, actually got this idea from Monsters vs. Men. They've started doing their bonus episodes before they discuss the movie, and I found that it works really well for them. So I thought I'd throw that out there, and we voted that, sure, let's give it a shot. So... uh Kyle, I would say recap what we discussed on the episode before, but we haven't done that yet. So if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Pre-cap. <laughs> Guess what we'll oh. discuss. Chris, man, again, I could kiss you. So <laughs> Kyle, talk about yourself. Will love it. <laughs> talk about yourself a bit. I know uh, we had mentioned Nerdist. You've got a couple podcasts. You know, let the let the listeners know who you are. Sure. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I am the senior editor for Nerdist. I also am a kind of film and TV critic person, write a, write a lot about those things. Mm, kidding. Uh, <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> I write mostly about old stuff. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I am on Rotten Tomatoes. I was about to say, I'm not one of your Rotten Tomatoes critics, but I actually <laughs> am. But anyway, um, so yeah, and I've been doing that for a, a number of years at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I do, uh, if people know me at all, perhaps. It's because I do, uh, I'm a, I'm kind of big in the Doctor Who fan community. Uh, that sounded douchey. Uh, I, <laughs> I do things in the Doctor Who fan community, um, <laughs> which are my, uh, my podcast, my, uh, the writer's room, which breaks down the Doctor Who scripts uh, via the writers and the stories. Um, I also do one called uh, uh, Five Years Rapid, which specifically looks at the work of the third Doctor from the 1970s, which is a very hmm. quick um, one that we're almost done with actually. And then, um, we're on hiatus until the current showrunner leaves, but I have been the co-host of the memory cheats, which just sort of, uh, randomly talks about an episode that we choose, uh, that a random, a randomizer chooses. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, we talk about it for like 10 minutes and then we're done. Um, so <laughs> I, I was on that. So <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I try to do as much as, and the, the first two podcasts are all monthly and the second one we haven't or the third one we haven't done in like a year or more because we're waiting. Uh, we do it by showrunner. So hmm. the current guy has to leave before we start. Um, but do we need yeah, to send him some I try to do mail? as much for yeah, <laughs> honest to God. Like, I don't know if you if you guys are Doctor Who people, but we'll, um, we'll talk about that here in a minute. So okay, I'm one great. of three okay. generations. <laughs> one of the ones way in the past. Yes. Um, I, I have a pitch for you for a podcast. Okay. This is unsolicited. Um, I want to do a, a long-running series on everything the Eighth Doctor has been in. in oh, boy. visual media. Oh, in visual media? Yeah. Uh, so not very much then. Yeah. Just a movie and a special. Yeah, that's... <laughs> How long can we milk it? Um, Probably a while. Oh, uh, amen. Oh, there's, amen. There's... there's I think there's more audio adventures of the eighth doctor than there are television adventures of any other doctor, like almost combined. Man, he's, good for him. What if you <laughs> I know, just he's recorded an episode usual. and released it sentence by sentence every two weeks? You know, there's that, that, I mean, started with the star Wars minute, but there's a lot of those, like something or other minute podcasts. We should just do that with the doctor who TV movie. And, then... <laughs> and you could call it like the atomic clock based on the climax, which yeah. I only remember focusing on the clock. There you go. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I think that's Chris, great. Chris, I swear, you were just coming up with every good idea. Thank you. Know, you thank you. Are you a marketing person? Because I think I that you've missed be. your calling. I think we could also just do, there's that podcast that watches Paul Blart. 
Like oh, every yeah. Thanksgiving, you just do that with the Eighth Doctor movie. <laughs> See, I have to confess, I had someone who listens to the show and it's like, David, I want to challenge you to do something. I was like, what's that? It's like, stop being self-deprecating. Like, we know Chris is smart and funny, but you need to stop tearing <laughs> yourself down. But I'm like, you keep saying all this stuff and I'm like, I can't help it. Like, <laughs> I, uh, Chris, <laughs> we, we all, we all look up to you. Let's put it that way. He is, you know, like I'll go through and I'll edit these episodes and I'm, I'm hearing all this stuff that unfortunately I just, I miss because I think I'm more like, I don't know. And I'm just, I hear him in the background. You'll say something funny, purposely <laughs> hiding it in the mix. And I'm like, yeah, there's an episode title. <laughs> but so with Nerdist, then, well, this took a left turn. I'm sorry. A turn left. Okay. So this took a turn left. <laughs> And that's good. So with Nerdist, how did you get hooked up with them? Well, that was, um, so I moved to, I moved to Los Angeles in 2008 and I just was working. I mean, the, the goal of most people when they move to Los Angeles to do is to do something in the film industry. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to be a screenwriter. Um, and then I found that I was really tired of rewriting the same script over and over again, which <laughs> is what they make you do when you're not anybody. Yeah. Um, and so I was working various jobs. And so a friend of mine was like, well, why don't you start like a blog? Because, you know, that way you can write stuff and then, uh, be done with it. And then you don't have to ever rewrite it again. And I was like, that's actually a, a, <laughs> a fun idea. So I started doing my own blog and then it was right around the time Nerdist started kind of being a thing that other people, you know, like that people could contribute to. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Hey, I'm a big doctor who fan at that point. I'd like just gotten into it maybe a year or so before so i was like i have many thoughts about this and i don't have a podcast yet <laughs> <laughs> thinking forward to the future when i had many but um and so it was just sort of like hey yeah sure go ahead and contribute and um so i was doing that unpaid for a long time you know because it was just like you know a, literally a wiki of people like yeah. contributing stuff and then uh based on that i started doing like paid kind of like freelancey work for various other sites. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept writing for Nerdist. And then eventually I just kind of wouldn't leave. And then, <laughs> then they started paying me. And I feel like I've just like stuck it out long enough now that I'm the senior editor, which is something <laughs> that is maybe, maybe other people, you know, would have uh, looked elsewhere <laughs> for, for a while. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been my kind of full-time job since maybe 2000, 13 or 14. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, I started and yeah, so I was just writing. Um, and then I was the weekend editor, which anybody who's the weekend editor anywhere, just know that I, my heart is with you because that is a <laughs> tough job because you are essentially by yourself mm -hmm. for two days. Um, and then I moved up to associate editor and just like kept getting promoted, which is, uh, again, just keep your nose down, do an okay job. And then you eventually get promoted places. See but, degrees. That's right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, you, you know, you just straight A's look good on a, on a, an application somewhere, but really all you need is a degree. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. There's a blog I used to read pretty often and I always was impressed at the weekend editor because he somehow managed to create such a rapport with the commenters that like all the trolls would only be there during the week and somehow they would just disperse over the weekend. And I was like, I don't know how you managed to do that, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it was a feat for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's not an easy job. Um, no, not a bit. So you like Dr. Who from yeah. your, your backdrop, you're a fan of DC animated series. What else gets yes. the gears going for you when it comes to, you know, art, movies and, you know, being a film critic yourself? Actually, OK, hold on. We need to need to ask the important question here. How did you what's your opinion on Paddington? Good, great. Good, Are you good the movie. Rotten Tomatoes? One percent? No, that's oh, thank God. Uh, Armand White. That guy stinks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you actually know that. It's such uh, he's the, if if there's ever a movie that everybody loves, if you see a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes and it says there's one, it's usually that guy because he's always just he he like will submit his way late and just be like, well, nothing could be 100% if I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> he's just a jerk. I can see if you're an IMDb editor, you have a business card that says not the Paddington 2 guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paddington is great. Um, I was actually going to ask great. about Godzilla vs. Kong because... Uh, this will be weeks after 
the drama on Twitter happened. But I guess with Godzilla vs. Kong coming out on Blu-ray this week, uh, the Godzilla fandom oh, found it. out about a commentary bit with Adam Wingard, Wingard, and he says something along the lines of like, yeah, this happened in the movie because we just need to get the characters from point A to point B, which if you know anything about making movies, that's not uncommon, especially when you go from a five-hour movie of footage and you have to trim it down, and he's the director, he's not the writer, right? And people are just freaking out like, you're not a real fan. You have zero passion. Like this is stressing me out, all this stuff. And I just, I love it because I, I just, I love it. So I have not seen such a visceral reaction from people in a very long time. So what did you think about Godzilla vs. Kong? Cause I loved it. Chris is watching it like 10 minutes at a time. Um, mm, about 25 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. So you've watched you it twice. It for a podcast? Yeah, it's my it's my King Kong versus Godzilla minute. <laughs> give give it to my Patreon. Um, I enjoy, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, I you know I was stoked to see Mecha Godzilla show up. Oh, um, sweet. And sorry, spoilers, you know, Chris. Yeah, I've seen uh, the Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that got revealed earlier than it ought to have. Oh, it's been it's been um, over a year. There was a toy fair last year that they were yeah. the toy, and I'm like, meh. I know at that point, like people had forgotten about it when it was finally revealed again. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was good. I, I, you know, rewatched those movies before that one came out. You know, the the ones and and like Skong Col- Skong Kong <laughs> Skull Island kind of stood out as my favorite. It's so good. Um, Cause it's so fun and 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 I really like Kong as a character mm-hmm. in that movie, mm-hmm. and I like that they kind of um kept that going for Godzilla versus Kong. I will say that uh I wish Godzilla had been more of a presence. Like I know obviously you know he shows up, mm-hmm, but it, mm-hmm. it really felt like he was a um you know the antagonist much more than like a co-lead, which I guess is all right. But and there again you were talking about it was a very it was a much, much longer movie and they kind of have to pare it yeah. down to what's the most important bits. And Kong is just, I think inherently uh, at least as portrayed in those movies, a much more kind of compelling central figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, I don't know what they had of Godzilla that got cut, but it, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't spoil the movie for me or anything like that, but it's like, I'm also a, I'm a even bigger Godzilla fan from the old movies. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like, Oh, that's a, that's a bummer that he, but he does some cool stuff. Yeah. Like, and obviously he, he's the winner. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I, I, listen, I know. I know. I, I, <laughs> It's it's a tough. I mean, it's it wasn't going to end. One of them wasn't going to die. You know what I mean? I just like, have to wrestle the Jimmys. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and and that kind of for me, it, I, I feel the same way that you do, right? Obviously, it would have been nice to see more Godzilla, which again, Chris, spoilers. But it's not. Any. I think you know this. This is something we could have a whole episode about. But I think it's just how do we properly watch and engage media? I think kind of this this idea that these directors and production companies owe us anything is just Mm. absolutely absurd. Yeah. We've talked about that. And it's one of those things where not like low expectations in the sense of what movie did I watch here recently? Oh, Mortal Kombat. Right. I went in there with like zero super low expectations and I was like, yeah, I didn't hate it. Right. But Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying you have to do that with a movie, but when you go in and you just have your heart set on, a result and it doesn't meet that you have one of two choices be like okay that was a movie wasn't what i wanted you move on or you throw a fit and you act like the world is ending your identity is so wrapped up in this movie that you can't comprehend how you're going to move through the day move on throughout the day without having met those expectations and i sit here and i'm like that ain't good yeah yeah, I I think that is one of my biggest complaints about kind of, you know, uh, nerd or geek culture becoming kind of mainstream is that mm-hmm. everybody gets so I mean, they grew up with the stuff and it's like you can't you can't fault people for having passion about stuff that they grew up with. Yeah. Um, and obviously that is what these studios who buy these intellectual properties, that's what they want to exploit is like these people mm-hmm. love this stuff. And so we want to bring them in and have them give us their money. Um but the, the the flip side of that is that 
you can only make a movie for, you know, you can't make a movie to please literally every single person or you can't try to do that anyway. I think, I mean, I don't know what y'all's opinion of, uh, the rise of Skywalker is, but to me, it None. felt like they were trying to appease too many people at the, at the end of the day and ended up appeasing nobody because <laughs> it seems like <laughs> everything somebody wanted, somebody else didn't want and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to the crowd. <laughs> um, you're not, wrong. we're doing this in front of a live studio audience. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered who they were in my basement. <laughs> no, um, you're not wrong. Yeah. We've talked about that where it's it's very clear there is a very specific subset of people they were trying to appeal to, which it, it's tough though, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, you especially with Godzilla movies, but with Star Wars too, like you're really banking on the general audience. But then when you're yes. trying to hit the niche fans, you're trying to get the lukewarm fans, pun intended, right? You know, it's it's tough and eventually you're going to fall on your face. And that's why I can just appreciate a movie that just like Godzilla vs. Kong, like it just did its thing, you know? And yeah. If people don't like it, that's fine. You have 40 other movies you can watch. Like, yeah. You're, and I feel like right. even if you kind of have quibbles about the, the storyline or maybe some of the characters, which I do too, mm-hmm. like, you know, another another casualty of the the rushed kind of final edit you can't i like those are some of the best like monster fights i've seen in a really long time yeah like they really spent the time to make them look great and kind of feel the weight of those those big giant pacific rim level fighting yeah totally absolutely and i and i feel like and i actually cared more about i mean because i like kong and i like godzilla so i cared about them more than i cared about anything in pacific rim (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with that for sure. Uh, so since I can we're not think God- of a movie that makes everyone happy, what's that? Yeah, uh, Godzilla '98 versus Kong. <laughs> I'd be alright with that. Matthew Broderick just on like that with ship. one, it would like Donkey Kong punch him in the head, and that yeah. would be the end of the movie. Yeah, the Matthew rise, Broderick talks about the his rise corns. of Kong versus Zilla. There you go. Yeah, it's at the end of the movie. Someone asks Gadzuki what his name is, and he's like. Gadzuki, he's like, Gadzuki who? And he goes, Gadzuki Kong. <laughs> People are very confused. <laughs> that sounds like a joke my son would make. That is the absolute, <laughs> it's just a series of nonsense words. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we're not a Godzilla podcast, but we are what? an Ultraman you podcast. You used to be. Yes, we used to be. Uh, so, Kyle, we want to hear, I mean, everyone has a different Ultraman story. Where did it start for you? Well, it's uh, a circuitous route. Um, So I remember when I was a kid um, watching at least a few episodes of Ultraman Toward the Future that were on syndication. That's good. And that was my first in. I didn't know what I mean. And then also the corresponding uh, commercials for the toys Mm -hmm. um, where the kid goes, I am Ultraman and then turns and then it fades into a picture of Ultraman. It was like, oh, that's cool. And so I watched a few episodes of that and then it just kind of disappeared. And then several years later, um, TBS had the rights to Ultra 7. I forgot about that. Um, Like Family Guy TBS? Yeah. Turner oh, wow, Turner okay. Broadcasting System. Back when TBS didn't have much except for the Atlanta Braves baseball, like that, they just kind of <laughs> were finding stuff. And it was it was pre Adult Swim, but that's where like Space Goes Coast to Coast came from and stuff. Hey, Ultra Peter. Um, yeah, and and so uh, Cartoon Network also was owned by Turner, is still owned by Turner. And so there was a an offshoot of Space Goes Coast to Coast called uh, Cartoon Planet, which was. A, with lighter, a sillier show for for younger audiences, and they would consistently use clips from Ultra Seven and talk about Ultra Seven huh. on that show. Um, you can find clips online uh, on YouTube of that still because uh, they have long since lost the rights to that, so you can't like get that cartoon anymore. Can't but you can why. find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was my first. I and and so years had gone by, and I was like, "Is that like Ultraman? Like it looks kind of the same." And and but I. There's no other way for me to know. I mean, the internet was nascent and I was not really a part of it. So then, okay, so those are just my general knowledges about Ultra as a series. And then uh, the end of 2019, a film critic that I am a big fan of named Tim Lucas, who does a lot of like older, um, you know, Blu-ray 
reviews and commentaries and stuff like that. He put out his list of best Blu-rays of the year. And on that list was the box set of Ultra Q. And I was, I am a big fan of The Outer Limits. Um, and, and so I just finished that. And he said that fans of The Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone really love this. <laughs> and also fans of like Godzilla and stuff. It's like, well, check and check, friend. <laughs> and so I just, I went and bought it at Best Buy and um, didn't, I like maybe watched one episode and just kind of was like, well, I'll come back to this later. I'm also a big fan of Thunderbirds and like the Jerry Anderson stuff. I like miniatures and models and things like that. And so time kind of went by. And then there, this darn pandemic started what? and yeah, I hate to break it to you. This, uh, so can you catch me up thing. on this, please? This pandemic <laughs> you speak of. Yes. It's, it's, um, it's about evil pandas, mm. uh, that have attacked so everyone. Actually, oh, wow. wouldn't that be something? Fun fact, roller coaster tycoon. I would always make the same theme park over and over. It was called pandemonium and it was just a bunch of panda people walking around. And that was it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and you weren't, you, weren't, you weren't satisfied with the joke one time. You had to make multiple it multiple times. times. Yeah, time. I don't remember how <laughs> I killed the, you know, the pandemonium goers. But yeah, I was, uh, I needed therapy. So anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you remember, I mean, so uh, obviously Mill Creek was putting out the Ultraman stuff. And when I when I bought Ultra Q, I saw that they also had Ultraman and Ultra 7. And I went, oh, I, rem uh, you know, Ultra 7 is real. It's a thing. I, I, <laughs> I, I didn't make it up. Um, and But I didn't, you know, think about it. And then when the pandemic started, kind of at the same time, um, Tokushatsu, the Shout Factory uh, arm that does Tokusatsu stuff, had uh, got the first season of Kamen Rider. And I was like... Okay. And then, uh, Toei did, you know, started their tokusatsu channel and I started watching ultra Q on my DVD or my Blu-rays and I thought it was great. And so I'm like, am I doing this? This is going to be the thing that I do when I'm at home, which is <laughs> just dive in to watch all of this tokusatsu stuff. And I, I did. And, uh, you know, there's 800 some episodes of Dr. Who. And at the time I, you know, was getting into it. it took me a while, it took me like a little over a year to watch everything and I am nowhere close to being done with certainly Comet Writer because not all of that is easily accessible. Let's just say. <laughs> wait, um, wait. <laughs> some of it has been accessed, but it's not easily accessible. I have friends um, in Japan. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Over the um, decades, I've made some friends. <laughs> yeah. I have I have friends in in uh various they industries. They operate boats. Uh, no. They have eye patches. <laughs> <laughs> they visit um, dockside bars but yeah so sorry <laughs> so yeah i i just been sort of as they as the blu-rays have been coming out via mill creek i've been watching the ultraman stuff uh and you know at, at a certain time it was like uh i didn't realize i mean just as we're recording this this week or i guess maybe last week the ultra ultra galaxy mega monster battles um sets and the and the ultraman zero mm -hmm. stuff came out at the time I didn't realize that those were going to come out. And so I kind of sought those out. You can watch a ton of those, the movies on YouTube. People who haven't bought these things yet. Um, there's, there's a surprising amount of stuff you can watch on YouTube. Um, Evergreen. <laughs> true. <laughs> I, I'm also a big fan of uh, weird old Italian movies. Um, that's kind of my other like burgeoning fandom. And so many you can watch on YouTube. They don't all have subtitles, hmm. but you can, you can try to find them. Um, but yeah, so I've just, I've been ultra Q, ultra man, ultra seven, all, all the, all the show ones that they put out a good amount of the new generation stuff. And then also at the same time, Ultraman Z was coming out or, you know, weekly on YouTube again. And I loved that so much. And it was just so much fun to watch a, a weekly Ultraman show and kind of, as I'm watching the old stuff, the other stuff kind of realizing who everybody is, I hadn't seen any G by the time he showed up on that show. And then I subsequently watched it and, you know, I'd only just barely known who Ultraman zero was. And so, you know, by the end of the, the run of Ultraman Z, I kind of was like up to speed. And so by the time Ace showed up in that show, I had already watched Ace and was just like, yes, like I was so stoked for that stuff. And so like, it's, you know, my wife will attest to this. Like I have gone whole hog into this, into Ultraman, I think is my favorite. I, I also quite like the common writer that I've watched, but they're so long. 
even up to even now and it's just like i i am a person who wants to get through things fast <laughs> and then so the original series is like 100 episodes yeah it's <laughs> tough i mean the, yeah the first season 98 episodes um and so i've watched some of the show stuff but again it's like 50 episodes a pop and i you know i don't have the time for that stuff um but ultraman i have found the time to watch as much as i can i think at this point um and i love it so very much so what are what are your thoughts then on it going kind of coming into the Western world a little bit more between Marvel and Netflix? Well, I have to say, I you know, uh cards on the table. I don't like the the anime, the the one that uh you know was based on the manga before. I I don't care for that one. Um I don't like the art style, I don't like the way that they've changed the storyline. That's just my own personal have you read opinion. the manga though? I did no, I haven't. And that was kind of my, so I, I was basing it solely on knowing that it was a manga mm -hmm. and I know, I knew that it had changed it somewhat, but it, it is, it is a completely different animal. Yeah. Um, um, and I did read some of the Marvel comic mm -hmm. um, and I liked the way that it kind of like folded in stuff that maybe people remember with, you know, like, you know, this, I'm talking ultimately about ultra seven and it was cool to see Dan Moriboshi be like, a legend in the world of Shin Hayata and stuff like yeah. that. So I liked, I liked that stuff. I liked the, the kind of, um, the gifts that it gave to you fans of the old stuff. Um, and I'm super stoked for that movie, which sounds the, the, the Netflix animated oh, movie that they're making. <laughs> um, just that one image that they showed looks really cool. And the fact that the, the people who made Kubo and the two strings are doing it has me really jazzed for what it could be. It, it is a weird sounding movie, but I will give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Never thought of Ultraman raising a child, a kaiju child. Okay, but. you were right, Chris. You had asked that. And I was like, I don't know if that was the plot, but. Yeah, that's why I keep calling it Ultramandalorian. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're not wrong. Like, no. that kind of is. Yeah, it, it's uh, crazy. So we're getting that movie and then we're going to get uh, Shin Ultraman, which looks absolutely yep. amazing. So, yeah. yeah, I can't wait for that. It's it's a. I mean, one of the many, many, many hundreds of millions of bad things that came out of the pandemic. But one of the least important is that we had to wait for Shin Ultraman right. to come out. <laughs> but it really does look great. Like, I, I'm a big, big fan of Shin Godzilla. I love the way that they kind of like turned it back into an environmental issue, mm -hmm. the way that the original was. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what they do with Shin Ultraman, That's which is weird, it's weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> and and also then that they're going to do Shin Kamen Rider after that. A different thing called Shin Kamen Rider. They'll do I'll Shin Sentai. And then they'll do, I don't know what, what'll be after I wonder that. if they will do <laughs> Shin Sentai though because of the Hasbro I'm thing. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. No, well, I know, but like it, do, it does make me wonder. Yeah. Hasbro seems less than interested in continuing Super Sentai related anything. I'm just going back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Well, you give Sentai five more years for its 50th and maybe we'll see. Yeah, right? We'll just call it Shentai. Oh my gosh. That's pretty good. So <laughs> I, I've got to ask. Good job. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, you know, Super I related. Uh, have you watched SSSSS uh, Gridman or Dinozenon by chance? No, no, I haven't. But I've heard that those are wonderful. If you can um, I, look past episode five of each series, because it's typical studio trigger um, fan service stuff. Yeah, they're mm. wonderful shows. Um, definitely would recommend that to anyone who enjoys Ultraman or I guess not just Ultraman, but the more heady and philosophical elements of Ultraman. So I won't like talk poetically about Toku. it. What? It's like Toku WandaVision. Actually, Velocity. there's there's some truth in that thank you yeah um <laughs> i but, only accept people who tell me the truth so thank you very much chris for that. right but yeah i won't wax poetically about it but uh dinosaur actually just finished up and they just announced that they're gonna have a crossover between the two shows so it's it's cool and the reason i'm bringing that up is because it's i guess the rumor mill now but i think it's officially announced that mill creek's gonna be releasing the old the original uh Gridman on Blu-ray, yeah, which is awesome, and these shows do tie in directly to the Gridman show. Like in Dino Xenon, there's actually a part where you hear a woman speaking. It didn't cross my mind because I've never watched the show, but they actually lifted dialogue from that original show and put it in there. Like there's so many 
threads that they're connecting. The the main writer is Kichi Hasegawa, and he's done a bunch of stuff, which we've talked about, like Ultraman Nexus, uh, GMK, the Godzilla movie, and then uh, Shiro Sugisu, who does all the music for these Shin movies and for Neon Genesis. He's doing the soundtrack as well. Uh, it's just, it's a really, really good show. Both of them are. So I'll have to check those out. They're definitely on my list of of things to watch. And uh, I, it's not that I don't have enough already, but I'm always like, <laughs> isn't that the problem? <laughs> gives me so more. I want more. Like, like I have a stack of things to watch, uh, for, you know, for work or for not work or just a stack of things to watch. And then when they announced Gridman, I was like, well, I'm getting it, obviously. Yeah. And <laughs> then, or not, and when I get to it, who knows when. Godzilla Singular Point comes out this week. I've already watched yeah. it. Chris, I logged into your Netflix account and set a notification for you. So, oh my goodness. That's what that <laughs> notification was. <clears throat> it, it was so good. It was so good. But uh, so, You didn't say Rumor Mill Creek, just so you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Chris, so. you're mm, looking yeah. out for me. It's like a Wheel of Fortune puzzle. So, so you speaking you of... You also said the word trigger. Were you trying to like... Uh, uh, I felt triggered. Uh, oh. Yeah. That's, so, that's where we're going. Yeah. Look at that segue. <laughs> it's like I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster. All right, Joe. Um, so, so like the it looks like now that it's going to air the same way that Z did, like weekly on YouTube. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts on that? Is that in your weekly to watch pile? Wait until it's done. What, what are you thinking? I will watch that weekly because I enjoyed watching Z so much. And that was like, because it, you know, uh, Friday evenings for me, basically that was like, well, I'm watching this, you know, um, after my wife goes to bed, cause she goes to bed way earlier than I do usually. <laughs> um, and that's when I can watch my dorky nerdy things. Um, uh, so I'm really stoked for that. I have, I have seen a bit of, um, Tiga. I liked what I saw, but again, it was like, I had other stuff to watch and then, um, you know, more Blu-rays came out. And so I was like, I, I'm going to support the actual people. Putting I'm going to take a break. Um, oh, but geez. honestly, like Tiga is good, but like, it is a lot to take. So yeah. I was kind of, so I do not, I do not foresee that I will finish Tiga by time the trigger starts, but I'm at least kind of familiar with that universe or whatever. But um, also, I'm pretty sure Rumor Mill Creek. I'm pretty sure they're going to put it out. They've they've said it as much. It just it's I on no the list. When. It's on it's, the list. It's on the yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. I I got about um, halfway through. I stopped watching it yesterday. I think I'm on like episode twenty or something. I just mm. kind of trying to make sure I'm not getting Toku overload, but. The that's that is yeah. a problem for sure. The the nice thing about this you new know. show though, so it's you know labeled as new generation Tiga. So from what I can gather, it's not going to be like a reboot. It's not even going to be set in the same. I don't know. It's it's weird because with Ultraman Tiga, from what I can tell, all of the kaiju are completely original. They didn't reuse any mm-hmm. from previous shows, and by and large, I don't think they've reused any of those monsters for other shows. Or if they have, it's very sparingly. Um, the main carryover is they both have guts as the name of the team. And then in the movie, they're the three dark giants or whatever. And those are going to be some of the antagonists in this new show. But from what I can tell, I mean, I think it's going to be its own thing, which is nice because I don't want to watch a show that makes me feel bad for not having consumed another show. Right. But yeah, that's. I like the fact that all of these shows, at least all of the ones that I've watched so far, will always reference old stuff, mm-hmm. but will not like they don't require you to have seen it to be able to un- enjoy yeah. it. Um, and that's sort of like, you know, Z was a good example because it was like lots and lots of, you know, th- the first episode had um, the first kaiju from Gomez, uh, the first kaiju from mm-hmm. Ultra Q. Um, and so if you know that stuff, that's cool. If you don't know that stuff it's still a monster that they're fighting or whatever. So like, and like, you know, King Joe being a mech that they could write and stuff like that. So it's, it's fun. I love these fun remixes that they've been doing. The newer Mm -hmm. shows have of like stuff that longtime fans recognize. Um, and they also haven't gone as far as I'm aware, they have not gone back to the Tiga universe, you know, cause it is a parallel universe. They haven't gone back in any fashion since, yeah, not that I'm aware I, I don't want to. I don't want to say something yeah. incorrect, but don't worry. We say incorrect. Things. We do it all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll just have the editor at Nerdist take. Oh, shoot. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I will have to they fire myself drop if I the say something. senior <laughs> from your name because it is ageist. So it's like, uh. Yeah, that's true. I am pretty old, though. Yeah, so. I discovered my first uh, white hairs the other day, actually, on my, my chin here. Oh, and I was like, get ready, friend. Yeah. Those will show up more and yeah. more. I get, I have tons of them and they stick straight out. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing people don't tell you about your white beard hairs yep. is that they are untamable. So with trigger, I had asked on Twitter, uh, the, their tweet or rather said, I don't know about y'all because I say y'all, but we are incredibly excited to see hashtag Ultraman trigger getting the YouTube pseudo simulcast treatment, like hashtag Ultraman Z did. Let us know in the replies what you're hoping to see with Trigger, and we may read some of these on a future episode, being today, because this will be actually a couple weeks after Trigger's come out. So, uh, had a few replies here. One person said, I'm Trigger happy. (laughs) Someone else said, it would be crazy to see Hiroshi Nagano or uh, Daigo uh, show back up. So, there's a lot of drama surrounding the guy who plays, you know, the ultra host in Tiga. Because of yeah. the uh, talent agency he's with, like I think, like it's just this whole nonsense. I'll try to if I find something good, I'll link it. But it's it's been a huge deal. Like why Tiga doesn't get more attention and all this stuff. Um, uh, Pre, a former guest on the show, said one thing that makes the TDG being Tiga, Dina, Gaia, Arab, uh, Ultraman stand out to me. This is a breath of weird stuff that just happens. The variety of tones and threats the characters have to face. I hope Trigger keeps some of that experimental style like Tiga did so well. And lastly, I hope Ultraman fights monsters. I know it's a stretch, but I think it could happen. If only. A bit far-fetched if you ask me. I mean, maybe he would fall in love with a monster. You know? Maybe he'll adopt one of them as a child. Oh, and that's how we segue into the movie. Yeah. Beautiful. Making this multiverse here. Uh, but what about? I could be a good screenwriter. <laughs> what about you guys, though? Do you have anything? Again, this is going to be weeks after, but do you have any like hopes or expectations for this new show? Or are you just kind of like, hey, just, just load it in, just hook me up? M- mostly that. Mostly just, <laughs> it, it looks like it's going to be. Uh, markedly different in in tone than uh z was which was you know largely mm-hmm. lighthearted. um for, i mean there were heavy episodes obviously but like um and and super like modern day it's it, you know with you know the technology and everything like that whereas as trigger so far looks like it's going to go back to what what i like of what i've seen of tiga so far is that it has this kind of mysticism about it you know with mm-hmm. the temples and very you know, utopian you know guts totally and it and it does feel like a different place than than modern day tokyo so um that is what i'm really looking forward to i mean i think the design of trigger looks super cool and i like the fact that he's got a weapon that apparently turns into a bow and arrow or something like that i saw that today um it's gonna be cool (laughs) that's what i'm hoping for is i like i like it when they go really different from show to show and that's you know like watching the show era uh, it doesn't change all that much, <laughs> uh, if at all. And that's what I really liked about the new generation stuff mm-hmm. that I've watched is that everything seems kind of different. The most recent episode that I have listened to you of you guys is talking about Ginga S, which could not be any more different from Ginga, and yet it has the <laughs> same characters in it. Yeah. So um, it's it's interesting, uh, and I like it when they do that. So this seems like it's going in a completely different direction. So I'm I'm into that. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just one direction. Uh, oh. What about you, Chris? Like, <laughs> I mean, they what? broke up, so yeah. it can't be that. Wait. Yeah. They did? Yeah, like a couple of years yeah. ago. Oh. Yeah. Do you have what a pop you, culture Chris? person on Nerdist? Send him these articles. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yes, I, I, my hope and expectation is that the Bandai commercials in the commercial break are boring this time. Because I, every time I see another Ultra Metal, I'm like, Frick, I like that one. Frick, I like yeah. that one. I'm like sitting here, haven't seen more than a minute of Zenkaiger, and I already have a few Sentai gears from a show I haven't watched. So I hope this one's boring. I don't need <laughs> no temptation. Yeah, that's what I, I bet that that's what they're going to do is just make all the merch really crappy this yeah. time. And so no one will want to buy it. One final hero. That seems like a good. No, no, no interest. See, <laughs> for me, the thing that helps with that is I'll go on eBay and be like, oh, a Z Riser, 120 bucks. Nope. Yep. And then, well, and then you get the shipping. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, and, and it's I funny. Go ahead. Because you have to watch them. They're not skippable. They're part of the actual, like, it's not a YouTube ad, so you're sitting watching them. I, I mean, can, you can't fast forward through them. Well, not if you're watching live. No, I mean, you can fast forward videos as you watch them. Oh, I thought it was like literally a live stream. Oh, I've been played. <laughs> Frick, I'm sitting here consuming ads like an idiot. I, I thought it was literally like airing the, as I watched it. The, you can watch the, you have to watch the YouTube ads, the ones that, the mid-roll stuff. But well, yeah, I mean, you the can other ones. See, I don't, I don't mind them because, like I said, my son. I like them too. Like my son is part of the experience. We've talked about this. You're right. It is part of the experience. Uh, You know, my son hasn't been the kid to be like, "Ooh, I want that. I want that." So, like, it doesn't really bother me. But you're right. I mean, it's they make some really good stuff. It's the shirts that get me, to be honest. But then I'm like, I can't buy any shirts right now because I got to get rid of this mid region. So if I if I can get down oh, yeah. a size, we'll uh, we'll work on that. Yeah, that's that's been my my goal post pandemic is I'm not allowed to buy new clothes until I uh, stop being so fat all the time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I refuse to buy fat clothes <laughs> until. You know, it's funny because I could probably I have no idea what this mobile game is about, but I could probably like recite the commercial from memory about it. <laughs> Oh, the be like, ultra. <laughs> yeah, if, if Google Translate was listening, I would learn all about it. But you just have to hold your uh, your phone up and do the translate on the screen, and you'll just you know see oh, all that's the subtitles on there. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more work for an ad than I'd like to do, though. Chris, stop complaining. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyle. Here, here's the question of the night, and this is why we really all brought right. you on. Sell me on why I should give a crap about Doctor Who, because I don't. Wow. Well, well, hold on. Let me let me let me rephrase. What is the name of Doctor Who in the Community Universe? Inspector Space Time. Yes, I like Inspector Space Time, but I don't like Doctor Who. Why? Why well, I can't tell you why you don't. But um, <laughs> okay, tell Damn. me. So how don't I? <laughs> Weirdly philosophical. How don't you? How do I think about this? Um, when don't I? Uh, that is the question right. always with Spectre Space Time. Um, so for me, anyway, I can only answer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, I'd gotten really at the point that I started watching it, which was in 2009, I'd gotten really tired of Star Wars and just that kind of, uh, because, you know, the, uh, prequels had gotten, gotten to me. It hurt my heart after a while. Um, I've come back around on the era, mm-hmm. even though I don't think the movies are particularly good, but, um, that was largely because of like the clone wars and stuff like that. But anyway, so at the time that I started watching it, I was just kind of like, um, looking for something else. Yeah. And, uh, what really kind of spoke to me was that, uh, it's, it's science fiction. It's clearly science fiction that doesn't start with weaponry. Like the, mm-hmm. the way that, the doctor and his companion, uh, their companion, uh, the way that they relate to their new surroundings and the people and the, you know, the places that they meet are not gun. It is always, let me talk to you. Let me figure out what's going on. Let me try to think my way out of a situation. And you have this hero who is a swashbuckling adventure hero in the vein of somebody like, you know, uh, Flash Gordon or something like that or Indiana Jones. But there's no there's very little, I will say, violence involved is certainly not hmm. from the doctor's kind of point of view. And so I really like that. That me. really spoke to me early on. Um, <laughs> Seriously, like that alone. I'm like, OK, like I want you to keep yeah. going. But that's that's unique. I mean, you don't see that yeah, i mean that often. it really is like it's 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 a very uncynical show and certainly nowadays when every hero is dark and broody and stuff like that the doctor gets kind of broody at, at times but it's never as much as you know even the mandalorian is pretty brood much more broody broody or the new captain america right mm-hmm. he just takes that shield and that uh, i have to say was one of my least favorite moments in like pop culture of the last few months it was just like really we're watching captain america beat a guy to death with the shield on like live tv well yeah, I guess, right on you know it was twitch or whatever you know periscope right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it was just like okay great so i uh but but doctor who is always like and 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 the they have a lot of fun with it too there's a there's a, a great 
deal of comedy in the show um that i i really relate to um and you know there, there's fun like time travel plots and then like weird paradoxes or you know just kind of you, you know the, the the tardis is a is an iconic design that they just never changed but it's it's also like a genre factory like they walk in and then when they come out it could be any kind of show you know it could be a, a straight-up comedy it could be a you know, a dark kind of, you know, apocalypse drama or something like that, or it could be Italian horror. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, it's, they have (laughs) maybe not Italian horror, but it's, they could, there's definitely some like ghost, you know, the doctor. (laughs) Stop rolling your eyes at me, Chris. (laughs) Um, So where would you say I should start then? So, cause that, I think maybe that's the most daunting thing about it. Right. You're like, there's so many doctors, there's so many seasons, they're yeah. all so spread out. Where do I start? Because it's not like you have to start in the beginning. You don't know. And and I didn't. I started with the the kind of reboot stuff in two thousand the 2005 stuff with um with Christopher Eccleston and to David Tennant and then I just kept going from there. Um that's a that's a perfectly valid place to start. Basically any any new doctor jump on point I think is a good place for somebody to start if you're if you're curious about that stuff um if you're not used to kind of very old 60s taped as live style tv it's it's tough to get into those black and white episodes also they're in black and white which may be something uh for some people Mm -hmm. um and those are usually longer i mean they're serialized so you you kind of got to get used to the way that those older ones are told I've gotten to the point where like I sort of separate like there's the classic series and the new series in in terms of like the type of show I'm going to get. Um, and if you grew up watching any PBS shows like which are mostly old British shows, um, then a lot of those old Doctor Who's kind of feel familiar and kind of fun and quaint to you. Um, and some of some of them are legit terrible. I'm not going to say that every bit of Doctor Who is great because <laughs> that's part of the enjoyment, which I'm pretty sure is the same in the Ultraman community, too. But like um some episodes no, are straight trash no and you just kind of go that's that one and then yeah. you move on to the next one um but it i it definitely is daunting i feel i feel like all this toku i've been getting into is more daunting oh <laughs> i honestly <bet>. yeah <laughs> because there's just so much of it um and also at the time i mean it's sort of the same thing but when i was getting into the older stuff of doctor who they were coming out kind of piecemeal via dvds and As so they i was i wasn't lost tapes or something yeah honestly yeah that's like, so they, funny they found quite a few lost episodes during my time as being a fan so that's kind of fun um but they were just putting them out kind of like sporadically and so i would just kind of go oh hey this one's coming out and i'll you know would kind of like collect as i was going and stuff like that so um anyway i i think everybody should at least give it a chance um and if it's not for you it's not for you again that's another thing my wife just (laughs) just straight up will not engage with i won't even try Um, with my wife i love her she's on this like shit's creek binge right now and i say binge she's probably rewatched it four times in a row now like that's all yeah. she watches how many times do you get is, hit with the ew david actually oh that's in, a bummer i didn't even enough. think about that you probably get that not, a lot no she doesn't do that i'm like oh, i'm disappointed because i even know what that is <laughs> so two two broad two broad doctor who questions then we've talked about how daunting yeah. it is how much are so you mentioned the audio dramas how much are you into those or is it like character based because those there seems to be a ton of them too. There is so much. There are so many of those, and they've been going nonstop since what, like nineteen ninety six or something like that. They've just continued. Um, so I've watched. I've watched. I've listened to a fair amount of Eighth Doctor ones because I really like the Eighth Doctor, uh, and I wanted to Which listen to more. Is that? I that's uh, Paul McGann, mm-hmm. who was only in the TV movie. That, um, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, we talked about podcast idea. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they, they kind of, you know, it was fun to listen to him uh, go on adventures and stuff like that. Uh, and I've, I've listened to a few of each of the other doctors, just one or two. And, you know, Chris Freckleston, speaking of him, mm-hmm. just came back and, and did some audio uh, plays, which I haven't listened to yet, but I'm going to. So it's kind of, it was sort of just like, I listened to the first three David Tennant ones, but I haven't listened to the rest of them. It, it, I sort of kind of pick and choose just because there are so many. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it, it just kind of depends on if it sounds interesting or not. And also, 
because I just I don't have I don't have the the bandwidth <laughs> to do all that in addition to all the stuff that I try to watch at the same time. But I have I have listened to the most of uh, Eighth Doctor of any of them. It just seems like a cool concept. Like I know River, like River Song, just had a few I think recently. Yeah. Um, some canceled ones coming up, but um, like in the same ways, it's it seems like a cool way to bring those side characters back. But um, yeah. When it's also like. It's it's fun to be like, well, here's who they can get. And so it's like River Song and uh Derek Jacobly Jer- Derek Jacoby who played the master in one episode yeah. and also uh this person who played this person and now they're all together in one story and it's just like uh, it's fun. It's like a silly like action figure mashup. Totally. What it, how much of the like expanded expand, like Time Lord Victorious are you into? I, I've listened to zero of that. Okay. Even like comics um, or anything. Cause that seemed like the most no. like inaccessible. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, really, I, I watched a couple cause they did a couple animated Dalek adventures and I watched like two episodes of that, but like, I can only listen to the Dalek voice for yeah, sure. Small amounts of time. Um, but yeah, it seemed really like it. That one really did seem inaccessible. That one is like, this is just for diehard yeah, fans and stuff like that. And they tried to get, and, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so other than Blink, yeah. though, if you gave me one episode, I'm I'm one of the weird. So Blink, of course, is the one that everyone says you got to watch this one if you watch any one Doctor Who. I I don't agree with that. I think it's a wonderful episode. <laughs> it's maybe the best things. episode, <laughs> but <laughs> I've watched it 182 times. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's the least like Doctor Who. Yep. I mean, the Doctor's barely in it. I mean, that was the point of the, they do one a season where the doctor doesn't, you know, can have some time off. So they film. <laughs> so it's a great episode where the doctor sort of makes a cameo appearance. Um, but I always tell people, if you want to get into the show, you got to watch something that has the doctor in it. So uh, my go-to is the 11th hour, which is the first Matt Smith story. Um, Cause it's a, it's a, it's a hard reset basically after David Tennant. It's a really fun, fast adventure and you get a sense for the type of doctor that he's going to be in the type of show that it's going to be from there um and also it's the best first story of any modern doctor um and and that that also was like that was when i caught up to live basically was david Tennant's last story i caught up all the way to that point which i don't like that story for a number of reasons but so you didn't want him to go matt smith I, I super did by that point. It's like, what more do you want, man? <laughs> Still, you got like a 17 year finale and need whatever. Um, but Matt Smith was like my doctor. So I just remember watching one episode and it was probably the wrong episode to watch. I just remember there were a bunch of mannequins. Well, that was and... the first one. Yeah. Of which doctor? Which, the first of, of the reboot of, uh, entirely. Yeah. Okay. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. The ninth doctor. It, this was years the problem ago, with that story. But I just remember yeah. not liking it. it I, I honestly think if that had been the first episode that I watched, I maybe wouldn't have kept watching because that's fair. Okay. It, they didn't have any money. It was real cheap mm-hmm. at that point. And I, and they were still trying to find the tone uh, to, you know, how comedic it was going to be. And there's a lot of dumb slapstick in that, that I don't, I still don't think works. Um, the first episode that I watched that made me want to go back and watch from the beginning was this episode called Father's Day, which is about nine episodes into the that season. And it's just a really good, heartfelt um, story about the doctor taking his companion, Rose, back because she never knew her dad because oh, her dad died her before name. she was born mm-hmm. or when she was a little baby. And so she goes back to see him and then decides that she wants to prevent him from dying. And that, of course changes time and makes bad stuff happen but it's this really wonderful story about where she gets to speak to her dad who she'd always heard these amazing things about and he's kind of doesn't live up to those stories and then also he gets to realize you know i I don't want to give too much away i maybe have already no no you're good you're good it's what what you're saying is just it's wonderful which you know I know a lot of people complain about that they're like well if if i have to stick through so many episodes it's not worth it i'm like but a lot That's of shows, me. they have to figure it out, right? I yeah, mean, it's, totally. you're not talking about a movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where it's like, oh, stick through to the first, you know, like first 75% not good, but like the last, <laughs> you know, 10 there, There's definitely like a <laughs> limit, though, of how many episodes that you should 
give like well, if Parks someone told Rec, me four episodes, Parks and Rec, the first seasons like almost unwatchable. Oh, then I the, yeah, the rest I'm of the shows there. So that's what I'm saying is like I I think there's room for that with a TV show. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're even going to talk about Ultra Seven tonight. I mean, we oh we've they already talked it. I just about. Don't it. need to watch it that um, soon. Yeah, no, I understand that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I looked at the clock. What I thought was a minute ago, I'm like, oh, we're only at 25 minutes and we're rolling up to an hour now. So thought we'd kind of wrap up things a bit, take a break, and we'll record the Ultra 7 episode. But it wouldn't be an episode of Say by the Belly if we don't talk about the MCU. So it'll be <laughs> a month later, and which is funny because sure. I'm not really that big of a fan, but it'll be a month after all this airs. But we're two episodes into Loki. What? It's like the Marvel's Doctor Who, right? Yeah. I- Mm-hmm. How's everyone feeling about it so far? <laughs> we should save that comment till the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it so far. Um, I like, I really liked WandaVision like a lot. Um, I th- I liked how weird it was and and yet how kind of heartfelt it was. Uh, as alluded to earlier, I did not particularly care for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, because of how kind of how not weird it was, how just straightforward. It just felt like we were treading backwards, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit in the way that those things were were told. Um, but Loki again seems like I like the Owen the Wilson movie kind of. I mean, Owen Wilson's pretty. Why great is in it, it taking us this long for us to realize that Owen Wilson needed to be in something MC related? Absolutely, and and like <laughs> he and. I never thought I needed the buddy comedy that was Owen Wilson and Tom yes. yeah, and yet honestly. I'm super on board for oh, it. Oh man, so good. So yeah. good. Okay. But yeah, I love it. I think, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It's only six episodes, so it has, as we record this, four weeks to it, destroy Yeah, I was going to say, it'll be over by the time we're done. There's going to be a whole movie out. Yeah. But yeah, how about you, Chris? I mean, because we haven't really talked about it much. You've got my text on it, but... Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it for the most part. It's weird. It's I, I really do think that the best thing that they've done is fast-forwarded Loki's character progression to get him to Infinity War in, like, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the Loki that everyone made in their mind, this heroic, like, pretty fun Loki that everyone kind of idolized that we never actually had, like, we're getting that now. Like... This is that ideal Loki we've been looking for, I think. So it's fun. Loki Loki dies in Infinity War before we can see him as an actual hero. Well, other than his, you know, fight against Thanos. But I kind of like it. Tom Tom's chewing up the scenery a little bit. Um, Owen Wilson's having a blast. They both know what the... Yeah. They both understood the assignment, as Twitter would say. <laughs> so <laughs> Twitter says that a lot. Don't uh, they? I've muted the phrase. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well done. I will. Uh, I will say seeing Eugene Cordero, uh, so Pillboy from Good Place, yeah. that was awesome. I mean, he was in Mandalorian too, which was sweet. But yeah, it's just put that guy front center on something for once. Oh man, yeah, I know he's so get funny. him and Jason back together again, and I will be all about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I and that's what's fun. So was it Pompeii or Vesuvius? Was that the one that they went back to? Well, Pomp, it's the same. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Pompeii is a city in Mount Vesuvius. Okay. Uh, I sound like an idiot there. But, yeah, like, that scene, it was just not only Tom Hilson, you know, just running around crazy, but just how amazed Owen Wilson's character was. That's, to mm-hmm. me, I I, yeah. I don't think I actually realized how good of an actor he was until this. And I'm like, why, why are you just in such eh, movies? <laughs> because it's clear he knows what he's doing. Right. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this turns out. Again, it, it, it feels like it actually knows what it wants to do, which that was kind of our criticism with Cluck and Buck is like, what kind of show is this? It's trying to be like super political, but it's way too heavy handed. And, but it also doesn't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was like heavy handed, but, but non committal mm-hmm. at the same time, which is just like, the worst way you could do that like you rather do nothing than do it this way the saving grace of cluck and buck is the fact that it may have opened a door for what is it secret invasion or whatever like yeah that idea which actually i think i read on nerdist uh that idea 
made me be like, okay, that wasn't an absolute waste of time, but it still faces like felt like a waste of time. Yeah. And it's, and it's also like not one that I'm going to go back and watch the way that I might (laughs) WandaVision or Loki. Um, I find myself of any of the, and the the movies too, almost always going back to the kind of the weirder kind of quirkier ones. Like weirdly enough, Ant-Man and the Wasp is a supremely rewatchable movie. So good. uh, And I did not expect that. Lawrence Fishburne again. Why did it take so long for us to get him? Yeah. Movie. Yeah. But. Yeah, he's great. Everything about that. I mean, like Walton Goggins also shouldn't be as tremendous as he is in he's that so movie. Good. He's he's not even a super villain. He's just a dork, but like he's really good at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that the now that we've had 11, 12 years now of the MCU, those are the ones that I find myself returning to a lot more, or the the kind of quirkier mm-hmm. ones. Um, which is kind of just my taste in Marvel comics to begin with, but um, but I was like super on board with the cap movies early on, and now it's just like I so I, I wasn't like thinking I wouldn't like Falcon the Winter Soldier, but I ended up really, really not liking it. Um, mostly just because it's like, oh, I kind of saw this. This is a worse version of Captain America two, and I just like I don't need this again. I'll make the comment since Kyle didn't. The Doctor was also at Pompeii. That's why Loki. Sure was that's why Loki is Marvel's Doctor Who. There were two of them the at doc- Pompeii. Well, yeah. Loki was just around the corner for Peter Capaldi. That's my new slash fiction. You can find it at wattpad.com slash Chris Nerdist.com slash AO3. Is that a new thing we're yeah, doing? I guess I still do. Sure, I'm telling you up. now. <laughs> All right. So uh, pay their Patreon $5 a month to get access to my fan fiction. Wait, Patreon or OnlyFans? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wonder if you can have a literary, literary OnlyFans. I'm gonna read my slash fiction naked. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and then Peter Capaldi took Loki by. That's what I'm gonna stop. Okay, and that's the end. (laughs) Then you have to pay to read. Yeah, that's what the ad goes up. Oh man, what a tease! So for everyone who hasn't (laughs) already stopped this episode because they're wondering what in the heck they stumbled across. Uh, Kyle, let the people know where can they find more of you? Um, well, yeah, you can find, a uh, my writing and editing work, I guess <laughs> my unseen editing work, um, at nerdist.com. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Kyle D Anderson, you can get links to, I tweet out most of the stuff that I write in addition to all the podcasts that I do and stuff like that. So that's a, that's the the best place to find me is on my Twitter. As much as I think Twitter is a nightmare that I wish I could get away from, it is the best place to promote. So that, uh, yeah, Kyle D. Anderson. It's, it sucks. It sucks. And I can't stop doing it. <laughs> that's what she said. Thank you for tuning in. Saved by the Bell is <laughs> a proud partner. What does that look, Chris? I, I don't know. <laughs> Saved by the Bell like is a proud partner of the Tokusatsu Network who did not endorse that joke previously. <laughs> uh, the premier news website for all things Tokusatsu related. If you are enjoying our show, we humbly ask that you chant our name over at Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. More, impo- yeah. More important than the reviews, we'd love to hear from you. So whether that's sharing your thoughts on an episode we covered, if we made a mistake, or you just want to chat, you can send us an email at atrociouspod at protonmail.com or head over to atrociouspod.com where you'll find our contact form for listener feedback or even prayer requests. Lastly, we do have a Patreon where all the funds received go to the Ultraman Foundation charity. You can find more information about that at patreon.com slash atrociouspod. Until next time. May seven year watch over you. Windom empower you and King Joe bring you joy.
It's a British sci-fi series that's been on the air since 1962. Britta, you've done enough, okay? Why don't you go start a ruiner's club? Oh, wait, you probably just ruin it. Well, then I'd be doing a good job because it's a ruiner's club. You ruined my analogy. Guys, look. Blimey, Inspector. Where have we wound up this time? The question isn't where, Constable. But when? Inspector, look out! Blog on! Eradicate. Eradicate. This is the best show I've ever seen in my entire oh life. Oh my god! <laughs>